You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Wednesday, February 3rd. We are back here with the Wrestling pot, wrestling Podcast. I am filling in for Alfred Conway this week. I'm joined here, as always, by Justin Labar and Mr. Mayor Matt Morgan. Guys, how are you doing, Matt? Good. You ain't filling. Hang on. You're not filling in. He was filling in for you. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> He'll be back next week. <laughs> uh, is that how he did that right there? <laughs> <laughs> Sly wording. <laughs> this is his show. We're just all on it. <laughs> no, uh, Justin, how are you doing, man? I'm all right. Uh, a lot of wrestling tonight. A lot of a lot of stuff to try to keep up with. You really needed your head on a swivel to to see it all. It yeah. it, it was a lot. We had Edge on NXT, um, yeah. a, a wedding, one of the more anticlimactic weddings I thought we've seen in a while, and then Kenta yeah. showing up on AEW. That was obviously the big news. Um, Ever since AEW started, I think people have been clamoring for AEW and New Japan to work for to work together, and now at least on uh, in some way they are. Uh, now John Moxley is scheduled to return to New Japan and face Kenta later this month at New Japan New Beginnings on February 26th. Um, but this it, it's not known exactly how. Uh, involved this partnership might be or where it is or if it's just a you know just a foot in the door at this point but a foot in the door is a foot in the door yeah it's uh, people like you said people have been clamoring to kind of see this uh you know everybody you know everybody all together essentially working together you know WWE on its own little island um it's ironic that we're in a international global shutdown when this decides to happen finally in this century with pro wrestling but uh, here we are right um, Matt, I, 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 I'm not, I don't give a crap about it. I'll just be honest. Um, the only thing from new Japan that would work was when, is if you're bringing people over from the bullet club and you're doing some type of uh, series with that, what my biggest complaint is AW has too many stars to get on TV each week. So you're going to forego that to have Kenta come on and take up space. I, I get Kenta's a big deal. I get it. Yay. He's not a big deal to me uh, when I watch the show. Um, I'm sure the internet nerds are going to cry about it. Um, I, I'm just being honest with you, though. I'd much rather see that space given to some AEW talent that's not getting on, that needs to get on that damn show weekly. Um, they need another show. Uh, in general, the AEW working with New Japan, yes, that's obviously a good thing. But they're still a one-year-old company that needs to get their own talent over first. And you know what's going to happen. 
they bring in company, they bring in talents from other companies and they put the other companies' talents over. It makes no sense to me. Bring these other talents to come in and get steamrolled by your AEW talent. Or don't bring them in. And if you do, if you do bring them in and want to highlight them so damn much, do it with the Bucks. Do it with what they're doing with Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers storyline. Do it with the Bullet Club. Yeah, and in this case, I do see the benefits of them working with New Japan. It expo- you know, increases their exposure in Japan, um, and it does, you know, and same for New Japan. And New Japan is number three. It's not like Impact, which is you know doing one hundred fifty thousand no, no viewers question. a week. Yeah. Yes, but yes. to your point, with the limited time, and you know, when was the last time we saw Scorpio Sky on Dynamite? They have so much talent that aren't able to get on the show, and you know, you're, we're now seeing Gallows and Anderson on every week. I, I, I get your point. I get what you mean, but but from a business perspective, at least this made a lot more sense than they have so many t- companies they're working with. Work with your own first. How about that? You have a loaded roster of mix mat mi- uh, mission. What's the word? Um, different matchups that you've not gotten to yet, and I, I don't know. Whenever they bring in somebody, a talent from other companies, they highlight them way too strongly, in my opinion. Even tonight, even tonight, Thunder Rosa had to get hit in the freaking head with a steel post in order to freaking lose a match to one of their own talents. Dr. Britt Baker, I'll argue, is one of the better female talents in all of wrestling right now as far as character goes. I I hope Tony Khan has a grandmaster plan. I hope that they have some kind of long-term plan of here's here's where this big culmination, this big World War III is going to be at this big event. Uh, That's going to be this, you know, mega. It's going to rival... uh, I don't know, some, you know, WrestleMania. I hope there's a big plan because, I mean, to Matt's point, he's given up a lot of prime real estate on TNT, you know, every week. You know, we're seeing a lot of we're seeing a lot of NWA girls and NWA talents pop up in these tournaments and with the girls. And then we're seeing, you know, again, it's good for wrestling in the sense of people working together. But again, to the point, there's a lot of talent you already have on your own roster. I mean, here's the thing. Weird balance. These Here's the thing. The talents from the other companies are not going to be in these built in storylines that are going to last long. So why would you ever bring them in to beat any of your talents? Think about it, guys. Long-term booking. How long do you think Kenta's going to be working with them for? They can't even get Pac over there for crying out loud on on TV every week because of flying them from overseas. They're going to get Kenta to do it. They're going to get New Japan talent to be doing it all of a sudden, magically. And if they do, how long? Do you see what I'm saying? It's short-term. It's short-term. I I just... Yeah, yeah. As a long term thing, I, I don't see it. But you know, doing things sporadically throughout the year again with New Japan, I kind of see. I, you know, I could I could see it being cool um, with New Japan specific talents, not Kenta. Kenta does nothing for me. Yeah. He's a cruiserweight who couldn't hack it on NXT. Sorry, uh, <laughs> couldn't stay healthy. I think was the problem. Yeah. Well, he was boring. <laughs> Jax Collins uh, saying hi, new to the podcast, uh, new to this podcast. Okay, I was going to say we've, we, you're a, you're an OG, but uh, just wanted to say hi. Ray Phoenix is just badass. Thanks, guys. Well, thank you, Jax, as always. That's another talent they should be featuring in singles. Why his brother is injured, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, Robert Martinez saying AEW felt weak and rushed and repetitive, except for the main event. Phoenix is king. NXT main event was awesome. Big fan of the podcast, Grace and Peace. And thank, thank you. you, Robert. And I am Eris saying, Matt, Kenta is Bullet Club. So you're fine then? 
No, when I, let me clarify that. He's not. Even when he joined Bullet Club, he made Bullet Club uncool. He watered it down. Um, it's not just him. Um, let me be very clear. Who 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 the two um guys uh, uh the two brothers? Uh, uh Tamatanga and, and Takaloa. Yes. Them. If they're gonna do a bullet club storyline, I would have it with them. The big bouncer guy that's always with them. I forget his name too. The orig- you know, the some of the originals. Um, if, if if you're doing that, I just you're right. Kento's technically bullet club over New Japan. I know that. I so saw when he, he when he shocked the New Japan world and joined the Bullet Club, and it was a fart in church there, and it's a fart in church here. <laughs> uh jody shauna jenkins saying matt might be hard to speculate but why isn't cage being pushed to the moon also my way off and saying cage and jade would be unreal together that's an interesting pairing uh yeah cage and anybody should be unreal together because cage is a freak of nature p.s he's all natural that's not steroids folks he's all natural um like seriously i don't know what the hell the guy's got to do um i have to assume his promos must be like horrific even so, so what? You got Taz's mouthpiece now. Stop, you know, I don't I don't get it. I don't have an answer for you. It's perplexing as hell to me. I agree. I, I think they I think it was nice when it was Taz and Cage. I, I think they 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 filled Taz's group up way too much, way too big, and it's kind of And I yeah. still don't like what's his name being with them. The guy that talks the most. He doesn't fit that group. Starks, yeah. yeah. He's a good talent. He is. He just doesn't fit that group. Yeah, Cage and Hobbs, those two are keep keep them up. Cage and Hobbs, I love that. I even love Taz's kid for crying out loud. I I just with Starks, he's not a tough guy. When he talks tough, he loses me. Tonight when he was talking tough, I'm like, yeah, dude, my nobody's scared of you. Shut up. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, I'm a big fan of Ricky Starks, but he's good. I I don't see him in that group for long because he doesn't necessarily need it. He can talk. He doesn't need Taz to be his mouthpiece. He can talk. But yeah, Brian Cage could definitely use it, and so could so. Could you Hobbs. like all his weird gyrations and weird stuff he'd be doing in there, like his entrance and like like he does weird like he's still getting his isms out of his system right now. He's still figuring out who he is. Right. So I'm wait, I'm cool to wait and see a dude. At least he's trying things. So I'm always a fan of that. But mm. dude, a dude dressed like that, I'm sorry, Taz would beat the holy snot out of that person in real life. Would not be hanging out with him, let alone managing him. No way. No way. Not Red Hook gang. Badass Taz. No way. Uh, CJ with the $2 super chat saying, Matt is on a Cornette rant tonight. LOL. Did Jim Cornette corner the market on firing up on shit he hates? Welcome <laughs> to podcasts. Right. All right. So let's get to the opening match. We had the Tag Team Battle Royal. A winner receives a Tag Team title match at AEW Revolution. Had the Young Bucks, uh, uh, FTR were supposed to be in it. They were in storyline suspended for this week, uh, so they were pulled out. And we had Private Party. We had all of the inner circle: uh, with Sammy Hager, um, Chris Jericho, and MJF, Ortiz, and Santana. Pri- uh, I said Private Party. Uh, who am I forgetting? The Dark Order. Yeah, Luch- Luchasaurus and uh, Jungle Boy. Anyway. The finish saw uh, uh, whatever the hell the two brothers are. Top flight, yes. Top flight, top flight. Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, there was a spot where I, it was. It was one of the good brothers showed up at ringside while the young bucks were in there, and he pulled it down to eliminate Cassidy. 
Uh, Nick got mad, and then MJF tossed Nick out and taunted a bit, so Young Bucks were out. And then as the match went on, uh, how did this, the ending go? I'm, I'm kind of losing track. but uh, I could give you the ending. Chris Jericho and MJF won. Yeah. But do you remember what happened with Sammy uh, Sammy Guevara? Yeah, so 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 the last three were uh, um, Sammy Guevara, Chris Jericho, and one of the brothers, the brother from uh, right. uh, uh, Team Flight, whatever their name is. Um, Top Flight. God dang it! <laughs> <laughs> Talking about like a Nike sneaker. Um, anyways, <laughs> so um, Darius was holding his own against both of them. Jericho and Sammy shined them up pretty good, I thought, and then. Um, uh, uh, Darius went to go give uh, uh, um, him a backdrop over the top rope, him being uh, Sammy. Sammy was hanging on the apron. Jericho went to go hit him. He ducked. He ended up hitting Sammy by accident, something like that. Sammy accidentally fell off. So Sammy's like, what the hell, Jericho? And before he can even do that, Darius was in Jericho's bleep, like all over him, and got some more shine on Jericho. Um, Jericho backdropped Darius over the top rope, but Darius hung on, and then he hit him with that elbow, the Judas effect, and knocked him off the apron. But the big thing, then immediately, as soon as Jericho's name got uh, named as the winner, as the bell rang, um, what's his name? MJF come flying into the ring and holding his hand up like he was in there the whole time with Jericho, and they're standing triumphantly together as Guevara just storms off, not looking at either one of them. Looked like a little bit of a pissy fit you know like a little baby a little bit i'll be honest but that's the story they're telling um so it, it was it was it was okay yeah yeah it was it was a good opener a lot of storylines progressed uh you had the young bucks with the good brothers you know obviously the inner circle that's the big one i think that was the main one they told but chris jericho and mjf winning they're getting the tag team title shot at at revolution next month yeah, and you said it. There, there was a lot of stories that were able to advance, some and all, all through the card, mid all the way up, and uh, obviously the, the inner circle stuff. Yeah, what we then see later in the night that was really setting the stage, and uh, and having the Good Brothers out there to help interference, reminding us that they're there and they're part of the main event, and they're you know still invading, causing havoc on AEW. Yeah, I still love Top Flight, even though I butcher their name. Top, like they're freaking fun to watch. They Team are Flight. so fun. To watch. Team Flight's Team. a pretty cool name too. I, what top flight's a name of I could have sworn of a golf ball. I could be it wrong is. on that. It is. It is, oh, it is. top flight. Um, that's why I was like, it can't be top flight. <laughs> 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 they're so good though. They're actually really fun to watch. And I like yeah. the fact that they're brothers. They're young. They're athletic as crap. Um, they're fun. Their tag team division in general is stacked, 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 stacked. And, and, and next up, they show they had a uh, video package for Jade Cargill, uh, just showing her clips from the gym. Looked yes. awesome. I mean, this Perfect. looked like it was. It looked like WWE produced it. If, if you that's all I mean. you do when you have a freaking just physical dynamo like that. That's what you show, man. That's how you get her over. Yeah, I mean, yeah she looked like- amazing. Yeah, this. I mean, you could say this is a WWE type production because they do so well with this. You could say if, since we're talking about Nike and if, if Nike wanted to sh- showcase an athlete they had, it looked it had this kind of intensity. If if if, if MMA wanted to showcase the next badasses in the women's, like all everything from real sport to fight, it looked like this girl matters more than anybody else. Can I just say something though? This proves my point. All right, that it still matters that you look like you could kick somebody's ass, that you still look like an athlete. Because I'm sorry, you could if you were to shoot little Betty Boop or, or little little Jabroni Georgina with no build whatsoever, no musculature whatsoever, short, 
scrawny. That video doesn't work. All right. There, there's a bit, there's so much more realism behind an athlete that looks like she can punch through a paper bag and actually break through it, you know? And she's a star, man. Yeah. No, she's, as long as she uh, keeps progressing in the ring, she's, she's going to keep an eye on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Pierce with the 999 Super Chat. Thank you, Matthew. Uh, saying, late to the show. Thanks for the great content. Two things. One, what are your thoughts on AEW and all the cross-promotion stuff? <laughs> Go <laughs> rewind, Matthew. Come on, uh, Matt. You got to rewind. And uh, two, ever thought of following the fan on the show with you all? Yes, but, they can't, be, the but they can't be late to the show. <laughs> Not the tardy ones. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, we have talked about different ideas and maybe having another night of the podcast where we can do more uh, stuff with the fans. So um, we've got some no stuff. The answer to that is no, because if you all got to have your own podcast, you can have your own podcast. Open up a YouTube account, go to town on it, get it over and then start doing your own thing on that. <laughs> They're all booking themselves, Raj. How do you not see this? <laughs> They're all booking themselves. And it's hilarious see, to see, watch. Ra- see, Raj, you're the Tony Khan here, and you're ready to give off your real estate to these other yep. just like <laughs> trying to give off, you know, like what do you think you're gonna find the next Kenta from the super chats here? <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You never know. Uh <laughs> next. We had Tony Shivani in the ring. He introduced Darby Allen and Sting. Uh, he announced that Allen is going to be defending his title next week against Joey Janela. Team Taz showed up on the big screen. They said they'll be watching closely. Sting yeah. took the mic, and he said he'll be around next week to make sure it's a one-on-one match. Uh, he tells Ricky Starks to look into his eyes, and if because Ricky Starks had mentioned how he doesn't see the legend in Sting anymore. Sting said, look in my eyes, and do you see that same man anymore? And if he doesn't, maybe he should take a closer look. And that was that was it. Again, I, I can't believe I'm saying this. I, I love the fact they have Sting on the roster. He's a freaking legend. It's Sting, right? I just, hmm. I don't know. Is it too? Are they using him? Is he on too much? Too much. Doing nothing. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think that's what it is. I mean, I, there and there's a you can go the opposite, and where it's too, where, it's, where you're not seeing him enough, where we see him and then he disappears for three months. I think that the fact that they're building probably towards a cinematic match, the street fight, I would imagine for the pay per view in early March. You know, okay, the little like he did a vignette last week with Darby, the hoodlums thing, like that's fine. Do little things like that. We don't need to see him every week. I know it. Po- I know it pops to say in your advertisement, Sting's gonna be in the middle of the ring with Tony Schiavone. But when all said and done, when you look at it, not much is accomplished each week. It's just the same stuff. And so you're already wearing the novelty of seeing Sting in an AEW ring, uh, kind of, kind of thin. Yeah, and I also think you know WWE does way too much of this, but AEW doesn't do enough. Is these video packages that highlight the feud that that'll go back, you know, a three minute yeah. video package that shows yeah. like how the feud all started when Taz was trying to recruit Darby, and then you know how it's all evolved and and getting Sting and just doing that video package to remind fans who may have not been watching then or any any fans that are newer or just fans that missed an episode here or there. Of all the history, and and you don't yet to your point, you don't need Sting on every week doing the same thing. It yeah, dilutes him a little bit. That, that that Starks promo was weak as shit. I'm so sorry. That's that that was such a weak promo, and he's a good promo, but he's not a good promo. When, again, what I said earlier, when he has to be believable that he can kick somebody's ass, he's in an angle right now where they're all supposed to be tougher than nails, and they're the ones they're the big bullies. I will never buy him as a bully. He yes, he's the little chihuahua that that start uh, that smarts off at the mouth and hides behind the big bulldogs, right? In a group, I get that, 
So then let the big bulldogs do the shit talking. Let Taz do the shit talking. It's more believable. It's more viable. But like when you have him trying to call Sting out that he doesn't see the legend in him, he doesn't even believe it in himself. You can hear it when he was cutting that promo tonight. And at the same time I say that, I'm being dead serious. I know he's good. I know he could cut good promos. I was a big fan of him with NWA. I liked how they used him in NWA much better than how they're using him here. Uh, I like I like the Stroke Daddy stuff. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> it was. It was. Uh, Joey Adorjan with the $5 Super Chat saying, Kenta lives in Florida, and he's there to progress the story with Moxley. They have a match at the end of the month for New Japan Pro Wrestling where Moxley will lose. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think uh, Moxley's most likely losing that match. But again, the fact that up until now, the two promotions hadn't really mentioned each other much. I know there was the Jericho uh, birthday celebration where they had Tanahashi doing a promo for him, but... Uh oh, Matt. Matt's frozen up. That's frozen. Super chats hacked him. <laughs> yeah. Um, Nelson Martinez with the five dollars super chat saying, "If these three promotions get in cahoots, can this be the beginning of a union?" Mm, I mean, that's a lot. I mean, now more than ever, in the way the wrestling with all the chatter in terms of how they're treated and the contractor stuff, and um, was it Andrew Yang? I mean, it, it, it's. It's something that's there to be talked about, but a union is so hard in pro wrestling because everybody has to promise not to t- turn on each other. And then wrestling is notorious for like, I'm going to go and work and get a better deal behind your back. It's just, it's, I don't know. A union's a hard thing because, again, you, 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 the only way a union can work, you have to get the elite top guys to also buy in to, to, to be part. They have to be willing to stand by the middle, the mid card too. And that's a hard thing to, to sell. Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't see how this affects a union one way or the other. There's no way Impact could afford, you know, um, yeah. providing their talent with health insurance. They don't even COVID test. You know, they do the temperature checks and things like that. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, I, I don't want to like, I don't want to take, I don't want to hurt any Impact character who obviously is trying to keep themselves a you know perceived as a big star and a big deal. But like, if if the if if fans knew what the average person at Impact is making. Like, it's it. Chances are that the fan is making more than that than what they're making just with impact. Now that's why a lot of them are able to do some other things. But like, you know, it's not right. Uh, sorry, one second. We got Matt back. Matt, can you hear us? Yeah, everything just froze. Yeah, you froze up there for a second, but oh, I thought it was the whole show. Um. <laughs> Can I answer that guy's question real quick who felt the need to tell us like the inside story on how why Kenta's here and it's it's just a further an angle to New Japan? That's not what I was asked. I was asked, do I think that this is a good beginning or foot in the door to open up a deal with New Japan? And I just said, as long as they're not bringing in talents to put over on their own talents. They have, they have talents in the locker room that can't get on their own show. That's all. Yeah. Uh, saying Matt needs a hug just in time, Matt. <laughs> just as you get back, <laughs> I think he's just saying his opinion. Um, yeah. But uh, all right. So up next, we had a, they showed a recap of the feud between Britt Baker and, and Thunder Rosa, and we had the match Britt Baker with uh, Rebel against Thunder Rosa. Um, at the end of the match. It was it was Rosa that had um, re, uh, that had Britt in a submission. Uh, Rebel took off the turnbuckle, the second turnbuckle. It caused Thunder Rosa to break it up, 
and then it, it ended with Britt Baker throwing Thunder Rosa headfirst into that exposed steel, uh, putting her in a cross face, and then applying the lockjaw. The referee immediately called for the bell, and the commentary noting that Rosa didn't give up, but she was knocked out. <coughs> so Britt Baker winning the match by referee stoppage. Um, Matt, yeah. to you first. Matt, can you hear us? I don't. I don't. I don't like that. Brett had to win that way. I'll take it. At least she got. At least she went over me. Yeah, I can hear my. Hello. Yeah, yeah. You, you're you're good. At I least she went over on, on a talent from an outside of the company. I'll I'll take that. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, Brett. Abs- I'll go out and come back. Brett absolutely had to be the the winner here. Um, you know, this to notice. You know, normally the the women on AEW most most weeks they're they're pegged in at the rate they go on a rate about nine thirty if Eastern time so they, they they're kind of pegged in the spot of like the, the the soft die down before we're gonna ramp up for the main event that's just usually where they get and that's the majority uh, this time they put them at right at the eight thirty mark so um, at, a, at a pretty prime spot in the first hour and that's a that's that's a featured match that you're that you're building around for the for the week of the upset so there's expectations and I thought. All things considered, they did well. It, it had a very. It, it did not feel like a wrestling match, which it shouldn't, because they've had a pretty like, pretty uh, violent and intense build that, that they showed in a package. So this felt like a fight. I love Thunder Rosa storming the ring, not uh, you know, not doing a, a slow or just a uh, traditional entrance. So I like this overall. I thought this was a good showing. Uh, and like like Matt was saying just before he went off, you know, I mean, you know, they protected Thunder Rosa. That's fine. But again, more the most important thing is Britt gets the win because hey, she's the AEW. You know, she's the first one for the AEW's women's division. You know, and then they talk about this tournament that's going to have, you know, half of it's from Japan, half the competitors here in the U.S. And like, I, I can't make a case for why anybody else should win other than Britt Baker. Right. No, absolutely. Uh, we have Jody Shauna Jenkins here with the uh, $10 Canadian super chat saying, Matt and Justin make a point I agree with. For the most part, the only people who would know Kenta, etc., would be people who watch shows like this. The average viewer would say, who is this? Or they would say, oh, that's Hideo Itami. Yeah, I mean, and again, I know, like, again, people that are watching the show, they are going to be skewed to, like, this is going to be more of a big deal, which that's fine to them because they are the more hardcore wrestling fan. But, yeah, but if you're a young company like AEW is, you know, you, you have to – you have to you can't just feed into uh, uh, the, the niche of, of the hardcore fans that are going to be there no matter what, whether it's good or bad, they're going to tune in. They've been tuning in to WWE no matter what, good or bad. I mean, you know, so things like the Shack, that's a good help bring us new eyeballs. But, yeah, it, you have to – to the fans that are that are bitching in the chat room, you have to think relatively speaking. Don't think, think outside of your world. It's a big deal to you. But if you're trying to draw somebody Dude. new in – Hey, guys, chat room, do me a favor. Give me all your ages real quick. I'm not being smart ass. Just shoot them. Just, just, just line them all up if you guys can. Just give me your ages, please. Promise it's not in a creepy way or something. <laughs> yeah, no, where, where are we going here? Why am I asking that? Really? No, seriously. I'm interested for real. Demon Diva still trying to figure out who attacked Hideo Tommy in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Okay, we got just a, a ton of numbers, but it's what do we got? Give me 35, something. 41, 58, 26, 32. 19, 28, 18, 31, 44, 32. They're all over the okay, place. Okay, so they're all over the place. I'll be honest, you guys. I was expecting to see them all 30, age 34 and under. I don't know why 34 is my cutoff. But in, <laughs> in my head, 
with those of you that are, you know, going crazy about this, like, oh my God, it's Kenta, Kenta, he's on AEW. You know what this means? It means yawn. It means yawn. Another average looking guy that my wife weighs more than, could probably kick his ass in a real fight, benches more than him, and I'm more scared of. <laughs> I'll digress. That's how I like my talents. You guys know that. But also, by the same token, I'm AEW's biggest fan. So the smart ass is like, oh, another Cornette rant. Cornette doesn't put over AEW more than I do. In fact, I get buried on Twitter all the time for people crying that I put over AEW too damn much, that I'm not tough enough on them. And so you can't have it both ways, guys. Sorry you don't like the fact that I'm not a big fan of Kenta. I'm not. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I can see where you're coming from for sure. I think, again, I think it's a good idea for AEW and New Japan to work together. To but work if together, it was like yes, Tanahashi or Jay White or someone like that, you know, obviously that'd be a much bigger deal. Obviously that can't happen right now because of all the travel restrictions, but that would be, that's you know, what I was asked. That, that's what, that, that's or what Akata. I'm saying. Yeah. Oh my God. Okada. Okay. So I would be going Gaga if Okada showed up. I'd be going what you guys are all doing in the chat room, jumping up and down, hooting and hollering, doing freaking cartwheels across your freaking kitchen floors. I'd be doing that with you. Mm-hmm. Just not, just not Kent. He's never just, done, I don't know. Um, Backstage, we had Matt Hardy uh, and Hangman Page. I could see this being great. Uh, oh. they're, they're backstage. Matt Hardy says he's not trying to finagle Page. They're just two Carolina boys hanging out and hoping they can do more. And Page said he doesn't. Uh, he's not looking to be in a new tag team. He doesn't want to sign one of Hardy's corny contracts. And uh, they agree to take on the Chaos Project, which is Luther and Serpentico. Mm. This was more or less a squash match. Uh, the finish saw Matt Hardy, uh, Page hit a buckshot lariat on Luther. Hardy tagged himself in, got the cover. One, two, three. Page didn't really appreciate it. Seems too soon. I, well, I don't know. I guess the story is they're reluctant to begin with, as opposed to they start having dissension as soon as they start teaming. But yeah, um, yeah. They actually, know that Matt has some kind of ulterior motive. He's he's, he's money Matt. Yeah doing some of his best work right now i love this character yeah i don't know if you guys heard tony khan on chris jericho's podcast Mm -hmm. but he even he admitted like he didn't like the the matt hardy teleporting stuff and uh that was like one of the angles he regretted and and uh but this matt hardy this matt hardy's awesome and you know what good on tony khan for owning that Mm -hmm. you won't hear vince say that you wouldn't hear even wwe brass say that you'll you'll hear well, there's, you know, um, it was something we tried, you know, and, it, you know, maybe it just didn't work for some, but others it did. Like, they won't own it like that. Like, he owns it. I've heard him on uh, Renee's podcast do something very similar, owning some other uh, angles that, you know what I mean, that he, he wasn't that big of a fan of, that didn't work out the way he thought it would. At least the dude owns it. I, I appreciate that. And it shows he's in tune with the fans. I still think he's the most in tune uh, promoter to the fans that we have. Yeah. No, I would agree with that. Yeah, you know, even even the way he uh, handles media, you know, he's um, awesome. You know, I mean, he. I mean, I, I can't speak for Raj, but I know a lot of people in the media. I mean, he's he's talked to a lot of us and has makes himself available yeah. after the big events. And again, that's yeah. something Vince Vince would not put himself in front of a live mic to all to allow us to ask questions like that. I mean, yeah. so no. I mean, we've had a one on one interview with Tony Khan. We haven't had one yet with Vince, although we're we're open. <laughs> it's clearly no one can get an interview with Vince no. now. Uh, so 
they what Justin alluded to earlier, the Women's World Championship Eliminator Tournament gets going this month. Uh, matches for the 16-woman tournament will be taking place in the U.S. and Japan. On the Japanese side of the bracket, you got Aja Kong, Yuka Sasaki, <sighs> Benny, Emi Sakura, uh, Ryo, Miyasuruga, um, Maki Ito. And on the U.S. side, you got Serena D, Briho, Britt Baker, uh, Taya Conti, Thunder Rosa, Nyla Rose, Anna Jay, and Layla Hirsch. Britt's the first one you signed to your women's division. There's no reason why she shouldn't win this tournament. I, I, I think she should be the face of that women's division, obviously. But here's my question. is what is What's her name? Uh, um, God dang it. Uh, NWA. Deep. Uh, it, it, Serena no, Deep? Not, not the champ. Uh, not Serena, obviously. We just saw her tonight lose oh, to Thunder Rosa. Britt. Is she signed with AEW? I don't think so. Or she's still considered... Yeah, she's still technically an NWA star. Yeah, talent. She's a great talent. Um, man, I, I like that lineup though, for what it's worth. I do. Um, mm-hmm. that'd be great for Dr. Brett Baker to win it. Raj, do we know, are they doing this tournament? Is it happening on dynamite or is it happening on like dark or on YouTube only? Like, because this is a lot to beat. Cause half of it's ha- taking place in Japan, right? Yeah. Yeah. Half, half of it's in Japan. So it's, I really doubt it's on, on dynamite. So can I say something? That's cool. That's cool. Having it shot some of it in Japan. And getting clips of that or even the full match if they'll put it online for us to watch. I'll watch the hell out of that. That's cool. Um, but again, I just don't like seeing outside talents coming in when I can't get all my favorite stars on each week yeah. uh, on Dynamite. That's all. Right. Um, we had a backstage segment with Alex Marvez. He was talking to Chris Jericho and MJF. Uh, they said they're going to be future world champs. They're celebrating. The other guys aren't quite as thrilled. Sammy Guevara is wondering why they are always the collateral damage in these situations <clears throat> and walked out of the room. So uh, more dissension in the inner circle. I know we don't much time for this, but like, what do you think? Like, I, at first, I liked the idea of MJF and Jericho tagging together. I thought it would be some creative storyline sort of tag division. But then like the Bucks decided to finally win the damn tag titles already. <laughs> um, and I don't know. I don't think. I don't think that fits anymore. Do you guys like, I'm sure they can have a great match and they have great stories, but, but like there's other tag teams in that division that are really good, really good. That, that, that had to like get knocked down a couple pegs because of this make makeshift tag team. As yeah. It were. They're definitely making a few other like legit tag teams have to take a step back or, or on hold. I think the purpose is, I mean, obviously the, the biggest angle that AEW has long-term is, is to build to, what the eventual inevitable dissension is. Is it just MJF? You know, it's like, it, okay. is it MJF who gets all the rest of the inner circle under his payroll and they all boot out Jericho? I, I didn't it, know you saw that as the biggest storyline. I, I, so that that, to me, that, it is. Then that's the answer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what would be bigger. I mean, maybe Omega Moxley again. Um, no. no, I think he has, to me, as the as super duper Marky Mark over here, my, I'm a huge mark for the Bucks and like the Good Brother stuff and Kenny Omega. I'm not, okay, going to Impact, even though I bury it all the time whenever he goes to Impact. Um, but the, you know the crossover with that a little bit with, with the Good Brothers. I, I like all that. I'm a Bullet Club mark, so I like anything that's related to that. So to me, that's the bigger storyline. I know it's not, but for me, it is. Does that make sense? I yeah. just contradicted myself three times, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, Chris Pantaleo said, don't lie, Matt. You own a Kenta t-shirt. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> My kid wears the one in the same size as him, but I'll digress. <laughs> <laughs> Wally Boyd saying, has Edge lost a few inches or huh. is Drew really tall? It really went off Dude, topic here. 
I'll answer this. I'm a tall mark. Drew is every bit of six foot seven. You know, Edge is like six four, six five ish. You know, that was about right. Edge yeah, hasn't if had I, any back surgery. Before tonight, if I would have guessed, I would have guessed that uh, Karrion Cross was a little taller than Edge. But when they were standing side by side tonight on NXT, uh, Edge was taller. Did I post that on my Facebook thing? Maybe I didn't. Um, I took a picture recently with Karrion Cross. He's not that much shorter than me. He's every bit of six, every bit of six four. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. He's a sneaky tall as well. Yeah. Uh, Jack's calling, saying, "Matt, check your Facebook DM after the show sent last week regarding tech issues you had." Regardless, boys, Cesaro contract prediction on it is AEW a good fit? I don't know what he's saying. Oh, is Cesaro Cesaro's contract coming up. Uh, where do you see him ending up, and would AEW be a good fit for Cesaro? Um, I'd like to say so, but then I'm like, I just got done complaining. They have too many stars that they can't even get on their two-hour show. And and Cesaro's in that same category as like a Rusev of like a talent who WWE should have had you know who who was over like over with the fans organically should have been main yes. event he should have been world champion yes. and then when, and then when Rusev comes to AEW you're like okay this is it this is a this is an easy layup for Tony Khan and company and as we'll get to here in a second with the wedding I'm I'm still like what the hell are they doing when I and and we'll, yeah we'll get to the wedding right now and. uh I agree with a lot of these super jets. Cesaro is built for Japan. I could see. I think he would be a killer in New Japan. What's well, not fair though when you're saying things like that, though, guys? I'm sorry. He did get over in WWE back right. when I was wrestling there. If you got over the fans the way he did, that's it. They can't hold you back after that. The fans decided that you're over. They've got to go with you. I don't know when it started. Where WWE started butting in the way of letting the fans decide who their stars were going to be. Like oh, like Daniel Bryan, I always go back to they. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's not fair because he well, did his job and got over. And not to be ages, and I'm the youngest one here on this podcast. Cesaro is forty, so it's not like you know, it's not it's not like oh, if you if you get him, you have the next ten years to build your company around him necessarily. But then again, the guy's like the, the guy is probably like the like the, he probably is the android that could probably work the way that he does until he's fifty. So. Yeah, I mean, AJ came in at, what, like 39 to WWE? 30, 37, I think, yeah. And, and, and like, Cesaro shredded. Yeah. Strong as hell. He's a... You know, and, and Nick, Nick Hausman and I had, this, not to go too off, Nick Hausman and I had this conversation today on, on the Wrestling Nick Daily. Uh, you know, we're talking about, like, how Damian Priest, 38, Keith Lee, 36, how these newer talents that are the new young blood in the roster, how they're older. But the difference is today, these guys take better care of themselves. They live better lifestyles. Oh, that yeah. They can, get, they can get more out of themselves at 38 sure. than the previous generation could. So Absolutely. You know. Yeah. All right. So up next, we had the wedding. Uh, James Mitchell was out. He was the officiant. Um, he presiding over the wedding, and we had Penelope Cruz coming out, uh, who looked amazing. Uh, then uh, Kip Sabian coming out. Um, uh, obviously, you had Miro. You had a cake in the ring. I mean, Miro. After all this time, should know to check the cake. Uh, a big present on the side. So they went back and forth. They, Kip Sabian did his vows saying how he liked looking at her chest and she did his vows was about to say how he had a big and then boom, they, you know, they cut that off and that was it. They pronounced a man and bride. They kissed. Um, they started celebrating and then Miro took the mic after the, after the thing. And he, he, I think this was, uh, yeah. So first he trashed the present in the corner cause he thought something was up. Took the mic, was asking the crowd, "What is love?" And everyone in the crowd started chanting, "Baby, don't hurt me! Baby, don't hurt me!" And uh, Miro seemed to get a little lost there. Uh, he kind of rambled for a little bit, 
and then he uh chuck taylor pops sabian and and miro i think he help me help me clean this up matt if you can remember but somewhere in here chuck taylor had uh miro threw chuck taylor out of the ring chuck taylor somehow got a pair of handcuffs handcuffed miro's foot to the ring yeah uh you're right orange cassidy popped out of the cake surprise um, yeah, well, first, uh, Chuck Taylor accidentally hit Penelope Ford, who went face first in the cake, mm-hmm. which I think everyone saw coming from a mile away. Yes. And, yeah, that was it. Orange Cassidy and... Um, Dude, if there was this is ever... a terrible recap. I, sorry, guys. But. No, don't be sorry. If there was ever something to not recap, it's this. Because <laughs> it's stale, and it was corny. And once again, they built this for how long? And then they kind of, like, dropped it. Then they're supposed to have, you know, the best man. Like, Marin O'Meara comes in as the best man. And, like, none of us understood what the hell that even meant. He just kept going rambling on on all of his social media accounts. I'm the best man because I'm the best man. What does that mean? Does that mean then finally it's, oh, he's the best man of this wedding. Okay, we get it. That's what you're coming in as? For real? You're some, like, mid-card jobbers best man? What? And yep. we're hoping the best for it. And I'm sorry, dude. That dude's a main event freaking talent. Big time. And this is what they got him doing. I can't get past that. I'm sorry. They could have had flames shooting out of nothing. I'll stop talking. Yeah, what, what's weird about this is the theme they tried to go with was we're going to poke fun and, and take a nod at all the traditional wrestling, what wedding, whatever. So Mira gets on. As soon as James Mitchell gets ready to ask, is there anybody who – and, and Mira's like, no, we're not asking that question. Smart, right? And then he sees the big box. Maybe somebody's in the box. He attacks the box, which that causes Chuck to have to clean that up. And but but then yeah, but then the other obvious is somebody would come out of the cake. I think that even happened at one of Rusev's weddings in WWE. Like Rusev came out of the cake. Rusev himself did. So I don't know. So I don't know if this is like supposed to be like a haha joke that we're just not getting and we're taking too seriously. But between that, the camera. Unfortunately, I hate you know production. As Miro is, is as he's trying to yell again, and, and Chuck's on the outside, the camera dropped, and they actually caught us. They caught uh, Chuck handcuffing Miro when we weren't supposed to see. We weren't supposed to see that he's handcuffed until he goes to move later. So they kind of like gave us away that it, it was the whole thing was just real sloppy, real anticlimactic. I do not want to crawl down a rabbit hole with this. I really don't. But what? All right, I'm not going to ask it because we'll be stuck for five more minutes. <laughs> I will I say this: anyway? What makes you think that they weren't supposed to shoot the handcuffs? Well, no, it's because you weren't supposed to see it that early. It's supposed to be the big reveal of when Rus- when Miro goes to move, then he gets caught. But we saw Chuck fiddling. With- it, was, it was, and you could tell the camera wasn't supposed to go that low. If you go back and watch it, you'll see. Okay, okay. Yeah, uh, man. When I saw Bruce Mitchell out there, oh, I just thought Miro was going to kill Kip Bruce Sabian Mi- after Bruce Mitchell. Bruce- <laughs> I, I called penelope <laughs> i called penelope ford penelope cruz earlier it's been a long couple of weeks <laughs> yes you've been very busy brother <laughs> but james mitchell when i saw james mitchell i thought okay miro's gonna kill kip sabian just go nuts and align himself with james yes. mitchell like that yeah like this was gonna be the new thing this and this like sets miro on fire and yes. then at that it was just Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy celebrating. It was just like any other week. I don't man. I, I thought it was a blown opportunity. All I can say is I hope that Kip, for his wedding night tonight, is well-groomed. And what I'm talking about is Valentine's Day, folks. Valentine's Day it is coming upon us, and you need to make sure that you are subscribing and purchasing Manscaped. That's right, Manscaped. Two million men. That's more than anybody who watched one hour overall this past week. Two million men are already trusting in Manscaped 
yours included here, truly. Yours between me and me as well. Raj, I believe Matt as well. I mean, they are the global leaders in uh, men's below-the-waist grooming, and we're here to tell you you need to use the best tools for the job to get everything ready. So, again, I, I have all the products lined up in the, in, in the bathroom. I actually had a, a house guest uh, over not too long ago, and they were using the bathroom, and they are like, what is all this? And I said, everything has an assignment. Everything has a role. Know your role and shut your mouth. You know, you have the girl. You can't think of what to get. If you're a girl, you can't think of what to get your guy this year for Valentine's Day. If you do the exchanging of gifts, I promise you, go to Manscaped. Check out the Perfect Package 3.0. They have all kinds of things. And what I love about them, they have something for everything. So you got your lawnmower. It's got the great protection so you don't nick where you don't want to be nicking. It's got a nice little light on it so you make sure, even if the power's out, you can keep yourself well-groomed. They got all kinds of great tools, and all of them have a point. And you got the uh, technology. You also have uh, the fact that it's waterproof. So that's a big deal. You're in the bathroom, obviously. Not everything is waterproof uh, when it gets into that kind of uh, machinery. But this stuff is. And let's be real. We've all been there where maybe you had a workout, maybe whatever. You don't want to get caught on a bad smell. There's ball deodorant. Look at this. Ball deodorant. One of the many great products that all you got to do is just put a little lather on there, and you're a whole brand new man. Born to love again. I'm a brand new man, as Brooks and Dunn once sang. So all these products, they smell good. Their main scent is attractive. They'll help set the mood. Manscaped is where you need to go. Now, if you are a loyal listener and viewer of Wrestling Inc., which you are, Raj, give them the code, and they will get 20% off and free shipping with the code. INC. There you go. INC. That's all you got to remember. INC. Go on to manscaped.com. Go find the perfect package 3.0. Like I said, you got lawnmower. So, like, I mean, I got this beautiful goatee. I got something separate for that. This, this is for the balls. This got the nose hairs, got the ear hairs. I even got the beautiful shears pack. If I got to do a little trim in there, that give you nice garment bags, nice little casings so you can, you know, keep all this stuff. Nice branding. Manscaped.com. Use the code INC. Your balls will thank you. I, 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 that was perfect. So I don't want to add too much more, but man, they got, they even got the cologne now, which is, which is great, which I, I've been wearing. I mean, I they, they, they got the boxer shorts, which are just freaking comfortable as hell. So just manscaped.com, whether it's date night, whether it's not, whether you just want to be, you know, groomed to your, uh, groomed to the nines, uh, you definitely be using your manscaped. INC. INC. All right. <laughs> On that note, up next, uh, we had uh, they announced so AEW on TNT. Just for anyone that's following them on T- uh, on Twitter, they kind of messed up. They said that next week is going to be Shaq and Jade Cargill versus Cody Rhodes and Red Velvet. It's going to actually be on March 3rd. So the weekend before Revolution or the Dynamite before Revolution, it was supposed to take place at Revolution, but the NBA All Star Game now will be taking place that Sunday. So it got moved. And uh, they did a promo of Shaq on Inside the – I believe it was Inside I the saw NBA. It. I saw it live. Oh, you did? Yeah, it was pretty good. I thought it was good. I thought he gave a lot of time to them. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't a short segment. Mm-mm. And um, so, yeah, because they couldn't do it there, it's not. It's going to be on free TV. So I don't know why Shaq picked for his make gimmick, make-believe gimmick finisher the camel clutch, though. I'm like, what are you doing? You're a big powerhouse. Like, right, it should be a powerbomb. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. I, I swear to God. But it was a great segment. I watched that show religiously, and I think they're hilarious, um, especially when they all start ganging up on Shaq and he starts pouting. But um, he gave them a lot of plugging airtime, a lot. Yeah. 
Uh, real quick, uh, Leonza Duncan. Sorry to hear this saying. Hey, hey, in a bad headspace, my longtime friend with benefits was a recovering addict and died from a relapse. Oh she just God. turned 27 in December. The disease is real. Leonza, brother, that I feel for you. That is the drizzling. You know what? I am so sorry, brother. Um, I just got a text today from a parent that's saying, "Hey, Matt, can you come talk to my son? He just lost his best friend today. Same thing. OD oxycontins." Um, this pandemic, guys, here where I live in Seminole County, we had, like, the best handle on the opioid crisis until this pandemic hit. It's up 88% with this pandemic, you guys. So this is some serious stuff. And I'm sorry you have to go through that, Leon. Obviously, I'm sorry you lost your friend. But especially, especially that way and that young, I am so sorry, brother. Yeah, really sorry. That, that really sucks. Talk to, to somebody, Leonza. Not that I'm a doctor. I don't pretend to be one, but please, if you can, try to try to find someone you could talk to. You've got to get this out. Just trust me, please. Um, real quick, Wally Boyd is asking, so is Drew close to your height, Matt? Yeah. Yes and no. No. I'm probably like here-ish. I guess that's close to my height. He's yeah. eye level. His top of his head is my eyes, I'd say. Yeah, um, yeah. He's, he's every bit of 6'7". He's a big dude, man. Yeah, yeah, he's. They don't really bring it up as much on WWE TV. Like, I wish they wouldn't say six seven. Just lie and say six eight, six nine. I don't know why that sounds more impressive to me, but it does. I think because we grew up hearing Hulk Hogan six eight. So you know, even though he dwarfed Hulk Hogan a couple, Hulk Hogan has shrunk a little. Bit. He has. Oh my yeah. god, he has. And I think Triple H has too. But oh, I start well, and they would, and they would, and they would build Taker of six ten. I mean, he's you know. He's Taker's larger life of the character, but even even like when he stood next to he'd stand next to Goldust, who's a legit six six. You know, Taker was a little bit taller, like six seven, a little bit taller. Yeah. Jody 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 Jenkins uh, saying the only way to fix that wedding would be with a cobra. Throwing back to the Macho Man wedding. Oh, (laughs) I'm ashamed of myself for not getting that joke. Very good. Very good. You know, that's one of those uh, weddings, the Macho Man wedding, where they went off the pay-per-view that night. They yeah. didn't show that angle. So no. it was just a happy ending. You, and you, you only see so that package. Thought. You only see that package together if you got the Coliseum home video version. Right. They added, yeah. what, all their weddings I dug, though. Uncle Elmer's wedding I dug. <laughs> Tri- <laughs> Triple H and Stephanie. Yes. <laughs> I, well, that one, obviously, you know, huge pivotal point for the, you know, yes. everything. But I'll tell you what, I was at the Raw one the the 1000th episode in St. Louis or whatever many years ago that was and that was when Daniel Bryan and AJ Lee were going to get married, and they had right. still, they had the Reverend Slick doing it and <laughs> yes. he was he was yes. like I'm talking about marriage and the whole crowd's doing the what and I, I'm talking about marriage I said marriage I mean it was hilarious <laughs> and then when they do the whole does anybody have objection and Vince's music hits <laughs> and it ended up being a false alarm it was I forget what Vince did but I mean it was that was another well done wedding in the more recent modern last 15 years yeah, and, and weddings always equal huge ratings. That's why I just feel like right. they should have done something bigger because that is going to be. I mean, it, you in theory that should be a high rated segment, but it was up it against be. the Edge segment. It was, and it won't be because of that. Yeah, uh, Lance Archer, Eddie Kingston, lumberjack match, a rematch from last week. Um, kind of too chaotic. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of stuff. A lot of guys that don't get much screen time uh, getting in the ring. Um, yeah. Their country got involved, for instance. Yeah. And, Have but, you guys ever seen them before? Have you seen them before? They've just worked dark, right? Have they been in they oh. may. I don't recall them, but I see them on dark uh, quite a, a few times. Um, I I dig their gimmick, actually. I know it sounds corny, but um, I like... Anyways, real, real quick about this segment in general. 
you're right, Raj. AEW's got to do a better job to what's the word to to hold back from these segments when they have so many different talents in it. They feel like they've got to have. If you ever watch these segments, they, there's always these uh, schmazes. Always, always, always. They cannot stay away from it for some reason. Um, I wish they would have kept it just to the lumberjack match itself and just do what the lumberjacks are supposed to do out there. It's too obvious that they're going to get in fights with one another. That's why it would have been cool if they didn't and just did their damn job as lumberjacks, as boring as that may sound. Um, I think Eddie Kingston could have done a really good job with that style of match because he is so damn smart and innovative. Um, and it would have made sense to get steam on somebody much bigger than him using the lumberjacks to do it. Yeah. And, I, am, yeah. I, am, I am glad that Archer, Archer got the win, right? Yeah. yeah. So eventually yes. Archer hit the blackout, got the one, two, three, uh, Lance Archer by pinfall kind of reversing last week where he got beat uh, by Kingston. I didn't think this was near as good as last week, but, no. um, Lance Archer getting the win, Justin. Yeah, I mean, like I said, chaotic. I mean, they went to picture in picture, so then there's chaos going in that. So I'm trying to keep up as I watch in a small window. Um, it, like, I mean, I've said this before. It's like gang warfare. It's like when all the news stations and, and Anchorman have to like fight in the back alley. Like nobody, like everybody. It's always six man, eight man. There's lumberjacks. Hangman yeah. Page. Hangman Page is the only. Darby Allen was the only one by himself. Now he has Sting. Now Hangman Page is by himself, but he's getting recruited by Dark Order, by Matt Hardy. Right. They just like this gang warfare. They like the team aspect. That's fine, but sometimes right. you just need to – sometimes a little bit too much. It's hard to follow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. everyone's uh, Pretty much everyone's in a faction, more or less. Lance Archer, he's he's not really, but he's got no. – he, well, he's with Jake, but no one else. Uh, so he's one of the few. Uh, backstage, FTR, uh, they were cutting a promo. Or it was just – it was just Dax, right? Cash wasn't there. No, it was. It was. It was, it was, it was they're both there. Yes. And right. Tully, Tully was in between them. They're, they look like they're sitting like in a bus or something. Right, and they were saying how they were. Uh, they shouldn't have been suspended. They said they aren't bad men, but they think to themselves, "What would bad men do?" And then the camera cuts over, and they've got Marco Stunt uh, tied up in a chair. So they've kidnapped Marco Stunt with, and he's got tape over his mouth. Which was a. A creepy kind of cynical evil look because Marco Stunt looks like a little child, so it looks like they abducted a little child. <laughs> so I, mean, I don't know what. Listen, I don't know what to make of that. I, I love this tag team, and I used to say it's impossible to not book them well because they take care of every segment there and they make it look good. Even when WWE used to screw them over, the only time I saw them really look crappy there was when they had to do that spot with the Usos. You remember with the icy hot, the Uso hot. <laughs> like stupid grab ass segments like that. This was a grab ass segment to me. This this was silly, and this is not why you brought this tag team to the show. I thought so. Uh, I don't know. I didn't like it. Yeah. Uh, finally, we had the main event: the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega versus John Moxley, Pac, and Ray Phoenix. Oof. Really, really, really good match as you'd the expect. Talent, the talent. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you haven't seen this, I thought Phoenix was the star of this match. He was just doing crazy stuff all over. Uh, the finish, uh, saw Phoenix was looking to fly. He got a uh, spine buster by Anderson. And then Phoenix took the magic trailer, tr- uh, magic killer. killer. Omega hit the B-trigger on Pac as Gallows, Gallows got the 1-2-3 on Phoenix. Uh, so they got the win. After the match, Lance Archer's music, they, you had the post-match beatdown. Uh, the heels started beating on baby faces. Uh, Moxley got in, but it got dropped. Lance Archer's music got in, uh, went off. He hit the ring, cleared out Anderson and Gallows. Moxley and Omega were still in the ring. And from behind, Moxley is blinded by Kenta, or a guy in a mask. And he takes off his mask, and it's revealed to be Kenta. 
who is the number one contender for Moxley's IWGP US Championship, and they're going to face off later this month. Kenta hits the go to sleep on Moxley, and Omega smiles at Kenta as he heads out of the ring, and Omega puts his foot on Moxley to celebrate and close the show. So, again, if Kenta's there to be part of that angle uh, with Kenny, the Good Brothers, okay. Okay, I just, I don't know whether it's Kenta or, or any of them for that matter. I just, I don't want to sound like a broken record. You know what I think. Yeah. Uh, and Nate Erickson saying, I'm very excited for the AEW New Japan foot in the door. And mm-hmm. I'm just a casual New Japan pro wrestling follower. Mm-hmm. Also, I hope AEW signs Thea Trinidad Man. later this month. That would be she, huge. She would be a huge added depth to their women's division. Absolutely. I'm going to ask her. I talked to her once a week since she got released. Um, I'm going to ask her. Yeah. I'm going to tell her, hey, I'm, I'm going to stooge it off, too. <laughs> Let me know. <laughs> Text me. <laughs> because she is so freaking good. She, she'd be a good fit for that show, and I'm not just saying that. She really would. I mean, she's got everything. The, you know, promo, uh, the look, the star power, charisma. I mean, she's a star. Yeah. All right. Uh, Justin, you want to – real quick, before we get to NXT, let's cover one of these news items. Uh, Lars Sullivan – uh, it was released finally. About time. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> he hadn't been being used. Uh, he, you know, he had some mental issues. He had to break down a couple years ago. Uh, he apparently he says that he had asked for his release. Uh, he had no showed a couple TV tapings last uh, last December or la- late last fall, and yeah, so he's gone. And he apparently he's not looking to stay in the wrestling business. So so yeah. so so Sands obviously the, the reasons why he missed some shows because of mental issues. If that's what happened, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm not heartless. But the things that he that, that have happened, the things that he has done, the drama he has brought to that company, I've seen friends of mine fired for much less. In fact, we were just talking about one of them, uh, Thea, and. Um, you know what I mean? No offense to him. What they, what they were doing with him on TV was nothing to write home about. Um, I don't know if that's his fault, their fault. I don't know. I mean, people probably said the same thing about my stuttering character, right? God damn, Matt, you suck at this. You know what I mean? Who knows? I, but that was Vince's idea. How do you know? I don't know if this was Vince's idea that he comes out and starts growling out of the blue when he comes back after being off TV for so long when he could have made an impact actually because of his size, because of his look, and he does look different. But they didn't. They didn't strike while they almost hot with him. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Fightful Select. Uh, they were actually able to reach out to him and get some comment. And, you know, he did confirm the release. And he said that uh, it was just anxiety. He said he's, he's done with wrestling. He said the anxiety to the point of where on TV days he wouldn't eat. He would lose sleep. Uh, and he did he did take complete ownership. He, he falls WWE in no way. He... he um, he called his some of his actions ADC and uh, his own selfish behavior. So he uh, he also lost his father, I guess, last year in 2020. So he God said that. Dang. So that complicated thing. So um, yeah, that I mean, sucks. I mean, he he looked like he would be uh, someone that be in the main event scene oh, for sure. Yes, so. yes, uh, yeah. So that's good on uh, that's good on him re- good on him to recognize it, you guys. Because I'm telling you, this is not for this business ain't for everybody. I'm telling you. I know he's talking, but I don't have the the issues mentally he has or emotionally, whatever he it is that he's talking about. But that anxiety is a real thing, you guys. We back when I got released, I used to tell everybody it's about is walking on eggshells. You hear a lot of released talent talk about that when they get to a new company. You don't have that feeling anymore. It's the worst feeling in the world, you guys. It's here you're you're living out your dream, but yet 
you're scared just to friggin' burp out of turn. Do you know what I mean? Or, or do something out of turn. And then that's all it takes for you to lose your spot, lose everything there. It's different today, though, I will argue. That company is nine times different than it was when I was there. It's got a very cool locker room, great talents that all get along, that all want to work towards the match first, not themselves first. And that's not the way it was when I was there. When I was there, you gutted each other whenever you had the chance. You backstabbed the hell out of each other whenever you had the chance to get ahead. Uh, real quick, uh, Bobby Burns with the 499 Super Chat saying, Omega and Kenta versus Lance Archer and John Moxley, a lights out match announced for next week. And Morgan, what's up, bro? So, yeah, they just uh, put out a video on their Twitter. So, Kenny Omega and Kenta. Good for Lance Archer. Archer. Good for Lance Archer getting this spot. I'm happy for him, actually. Thought they forgot about him. Yeah. And uh, one more thing we had an exclusive on Wrestling Inc. that Carlito. Uh, he was brought in, actually, kind of as a favorite MVP. And so he's on, like, a three-week trial. Uh, Triple H agreed to do a three-week trial. Apparently, everyone's really impressed with him, so he's pretty much staying in uh, either as a talent or a producer or both. So um, expect Happy to see for him. Carlito. Yeah. That, that's his family business, man. And to not be with that company probably at some point had to start really getting to him because he belongs to that company. Yeah. And, he look, and, 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 you know, obviously we won't know how he's performing behind the scenes as a producer, but from just from the what we can see, social media has been buzzing about him. If there were fans, I'm sure he would have a huge pop. He looks in ridiculous shape. So uh, I, I hope it works out for him. And look, and, and the same thing with MVP a year ago and, and MVP yeah. <clears throat> this past year. They actually made something matter. They got, yeah. They had him lead. They had him lead in a stable, which has elevated everybody in that stable. So they, you oh, know, they did. Yes. They did good by taking this, this uh, veteran, yeah, and taking this chance. So I mean, I, 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 my wheels are turning with what they could do with Carlito on screen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, Justin, you want to go ahead and uh, start with NXT? All right, let's do NXT here. Uh, we kick it off with a Dusty Rhodes Classic semifinal match between Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez up against Caden Carter and uh, Casey Catanzaro. And uh, this match, very entertaining. The heels uh, and Raquel and Dakota doing what they do best. They, they, they really they have a very Sean Diesel, like, 94 kind of vibe to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Dakota, the little dog behind the big, powerful yes. Raquel. Yes. Uh, fun stuff. Uh, Catanzaro hits her crazy-ass uh, 450 from the top. All kinds of uh, shenanigans like that. Uh, finally, on the finish, though, uh, Carter pulls Kai to the floor. Kai sends her to steel uh, steps. Gonzalez blocks a Hurricane Rana from Catanzaro and drives her into the mat, drives her into the mouth, a choke slam, and gets the pin. Uh, so Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez, they are going to the finals of Yay. the Dusty Rhodes Classic, uh, and they are going to face um, the winners of Ember Moon and Chauncey Blackheart versus Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae at the next takeover. So... Great match. Uh, yeah. This is a great match. Um, again, uh, that tag team is a, actually very fun to watch. I do like the chemistry between the two. I am a, D- a Dakota Mark. Um, I still feel like she's the one that kind of got pushed back a little bit when everyone else started, more talent started coming into NXT in the, in the women's division. Um, but uh, God dang, that, that, that Raquel Gonzalez is a – she is just – that choke slam, man. Oh my God. Like, if I did that, dude, the town's backstage, I'd be like, screw that. I ain't taking that. <laughs> but, but I, I, you got to do that. That's how you have to deliver it. If you're a big man or a big woman, that's how you're being booked. You have to deliver it that way. It's got to look believable. It's got to look like an exclamation mark. 
versus a crappy version of a rock bottom except your hands on the dude's neck, which is what a lot of choke slams lately look like. Hers looks freaking phenomenal. Absolutely. Raj? Um, yeah, I think Raquel Gonzalez is, I mean, she's a future superstar waiting to happen. I do think this, uh, they might want to rethink these uh, Dusty Rhodes classics because it's been hurting them in the ratings. Like the, the interest just isn't there. <clears throat> I know. I, I like this matchup. Though. I did like this tag team matchup and I did care about it slightly more because it was a tournament. I, if I'm being honest, slightly more, not a lot more. Slightly yeah. more. Yeah. 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 Ratings uh, wise, it's ratings. Like you said, you can't argue it. Well, you know, one of the things I thought, and we see, so we, um, well, real quick, we see uh, they go to the commentary desk and uh, Vic and uh, Beth kind of ribbing, but also congratulating uh, Wade Barrett that he's now a U.S. citizen. Wade put it out on uh, Twitter that he's, after however many years working awesome. in the country, he's now a U.S. citizen, and they, they uh, award him with a picture of Axel Jim Duggan. So just kind of <laughs> playing a little joke on him. Uh, we see some other backstages all just basically promoting stuff that's coming up, including we see a backstage. We don't hear any of the audio. We just see William Regal talking to Edge, so reminding us that at some point Edge is going to pop up. And, you know, my thought with Edge was, too, we, we got all this tag team wrestling going on. Wouldn't it have been great to have Edge and Christian be there together? We just saw him at the Rumble. You know, I thought that was maybe an opportunity that, but that's me. All right, next up, Leon Ruff, Austin Theory here. Uh, of course, Austin Theory part of the way with Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano out to the ring with him, and uh, Gargano calls in some problems to the point of where uh, we get to the outside, and the referee's uh, a little bit distracted, and uh, Leon Ruff pulls a little Eddie Guerrero. He does one of these. He goes and hits the ground, and the ref turns around. He's wondering what's going on. And he thinks Gargano did something. Doesn't hit the DQ, which I'm glad. Because I never like calling a DQ based upon just hearing something. But he at least says, you know what, Gargano, you're out of here. Throws Gargano out. Rough, loving it, laughing it, really kind of uh, helping his jovial character. But ultimately, though, as feel good as that, (laughs) as feel good as that is uh, eventually uh, Theory hits his ATL finisher for the pin. And then after the bell's done, he hits it again. Uh, So... Right now, he's he's standing tall. Looks like he's going to go grab the ring bell and going to give some more to Leon Ruff. And then, as he grabs the ring bell, out of nowhere, Dexter Loomis appears. Of course, gets gets Austin Theory in a choke, rips a big chunk of Austin Theory's hair out, and then pulls the Crispin Glover from Charlie's Angels move and starts sniffing it and running it under his nose. All kinds of creepiness here, but we get a lot of lots. So, 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 real quick, I I was hoping it could end uh, just with Austin Theory getting his heat. You know, I thought that was important. I thought that was great. I'm like, okay, finally, they're doing this with him. This is good. He's going to have some heat on him this week, finally. He's just not the doofus of the family, you know what I mean, of the way. Uh, sorry. But, um, you know, this is, again, too, too many angles being put into this. Um, but, obviously, the objective wasn't to get him over. This is what WWE does with the 50-50 booking stuff, Raj. They'll have somebody win one week, lose the next week, and then immediately after the match, the heel will have to get their heat back. But then that heat gets extinguished because the next baby face that's layered in the other sub-storyline comes in, does a run in. That's exactly what happened here. So guess what? Nobody in the end really gets over. Yeah. But that being said, I thought Austin Theory, he's looking more and more. Awesome. I don't know. Yeah, he's looking look more great. and more like a star. Yes, he does. I wish it could have left it that way. Yeah. At the end. All right. He was getting his heat. It was awesome. And he looks the part. Like, he did look the part. I, I liked it. Mm-hmm. So I'm so frustrated. Uh, so we see a, a video package promoting uh, Legado del Fantasma and Santos Escobar. Uh, He's and of course, a star. 
they're all going to have matches Sorry. later tonight. Uh, but then we get another uh, – when we come back from commercial break, we get another vignette. And if, if you did miss this, which you might have, because I think AEW had something notable going on, go find this. I got to think they put it on social somewhere or go to your DVR. We start seeing this kind of like cartoon drawing with narration. And they're telling a story about this about this Chinese woman and, and, and her father dying and her brother. It's, it's, it's this, ep- this epic battle tale. And anyways – they're telling this whole backstory. Go find it. I'm not going to try to repeat it all because I won't do it justice. But then the last cartoon drawing is of this woman and, and, and the face and the color. And then they fade and crossfaded into the mysterious woman who has been sitting in the throne with Boa and Xia Lee on each side. And then the commentators do a really good job of saying, so we're supposed to believe that this woman is, is thousands of years old and, and this battle history Check it out. It really it was a really good job by WWE, and again, and their their production capabilities. But uh, again, as they pull back the layers of, of that whole trio that we've been seeing. Yeah, it, um, it's, if you look yeah. it up on YouTube, it's the origin story of Tian Sha. Okay. So yeah, it's it was a really cool video. Uh, cool video, but yeah. go ahead, Raj, finish that. <laughs> no, that was it. Uh, I'm just curious where they where they go with it, but I, I, it's a cool it's a cool look and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm a big, I, I love backstories. You know, again, I love Kane, Undertaker, I think so, the origin of Kane, I love backstories. When you give backstories, yeah. that does so many things. Uh, real quick here, $5 super chat from It's Z. With main roster stars now going to NXT, do we see Asuka go back sometime to reclaim the title she never lost and against which future women's champ? I, I've never really thought about that. Um, you guys go ahead if you got somebody. I, I don't see it. Uh, I mean, they don't really send anyone of value back to NXT. It, you know, for for a long period. Chad is going to go crazy and start yelling Charlotte Flair. Right Charlotte now. Flair for um, you know, like a couple months. But that's but it, also when they didn't have live events, and she was still on Raw during that time. Yeah, and it, and it didn't move the needle the way they thought it would in viewership, which is why that it didn't last longer. Right. So but, I mean, I I, I don't. I don't see. I, it. I don't see that either. They, they've got a stacked enough women's roster on that show. Good lord, do they? That's the thing. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. they, the way they the way they're able to produce uh, compelling female characters. Yes. All right. Uh, next up, uh, we got a in the men's. It's a quarterfinals match. It's Lucha House Party versus uh, Legado del Fantasma. That being uh, Joaquin Wild uh, and Raul Mendoza. This is just a. Yeah, I mean, it's everything you expect if you look on paper. These two teams. Very good action here. Um, ultimately, in the end, here we get uh, we get a win by Elgato del Fantasmo, uh, Joaquin Wild, uh, Dex Lince Dorado tags in Mendoza. Uh, they double team Lince Mendoza catches the big kick, connects with a big kick, covering uh, for the pin and, and get the win. Uh, so this is real big. And after the match, we they show on the brackets updated. So now Elgato del Fantasma is going to go up against MSK, and MSK's music hits. They then come out and basically just talk a little bit of trash and uh, and hype up. Next, I think I think it's gonna be next week's match, which is gonna be bonkers between those four individuals in the ring. Yeah, yeah, well, Raj, what'd you think of the promo though? Of of which one? It was it MSK? MSK? Oh, MSK. I wasn't that impressed. What'd you think? I thought it was okay. Yeah, I, I mean, know that, that, that they're not like world beater promo guys. I get that, but I'm hoping that they do get to improve with this company because they do promo practice and everything like that. Um, because they are nasty in the ring. They're fun as hell to watch in the ring. So um, yeah. I'm just trying to start making notes 
uh, whenever they get the chance to cut their promos to see if there is a start. I want to start paying attention to see if there's a steady incline in their improvement or not. Right. Yeah, I good. believe this was, yeah, this was their first promo too, right? So, yeah. I mean, they're, they're very early Rob Van Dam bro, you know, for, you know, I don't know. Yeah. That's right. So. But they back it up in the ring. But the, you know, yeah, whatever they, wherever so the shortcomings good. are, they, they overdo it in the ring for you. As long as they don't turn them into Riddle, you know. <laughs> more and more rock and damn less Riddle. Yeah, really. Yeah. All right, so we get some more backstage. SUV pulls up. We got Pete Dunn along with uh, uh, Orkin, Lorkin and Birch. Um, we also see Ciampa and Thatcher. They're getting ready for their main event tag match later in the main event. So here comes Pete Dunn. He comes out. More trash talking on NXT's champ uh, Finn Balor. Then here comes Finn. Finn comes out. Uh, these two men have exchange of words. You know, Pete Dunn saying, you know, your, your days are numbered. And then, and then, the first time ever in the Capitol Wrestling Center, here comes the Radar Superstar Edge, comes out and just says, man, this feels good. He goes, you know, normally, you know, uh, you know on Raw and SmackDown, it's all about the E, but here it's all about that second W, putting over the wrestling, putting over what he likes about both these guys. And he talks about how they're going to take they're going to take on each other at the next takeover, and he says he's going to be watching that because maybe it's that NXT title because he looks at that NXT title and says how oh, he's never had that and basically you know just puts the huh. puts puts a teaser out there that maybe that title Nobody's is, buying. Uh, is what he's is, is what he's going to go for uh, and what and what he thinks would be the title that really is worth going for right now. Now we'll leave, I'll pin it here and get your opinions. This would not be the last time in the show that we see Edge. And talk of the NXT title happens, but uh, okay. Okay. Matt, did you catch? Did you catch this? Does, it, does this at all do anything for you, or no? I mean, yeah, because it's Edge. It's a good promo. I, I don't buy it for one second. He's going to use his, you know, his his right. uh, j- uh, championship card here on the NXT title. Charlotte um, Rhea. Charlotte Rhea did it last I year. I do like they did. I do like the fact that he put that title over so much. I love the fact that he put that show over so much. Um, right. I thought that meant a lot. Yeah, he did more to make the NXT uh, title feel like a real title than the, the main roster has done, <clears throat> you know, for a, a long time. Uh, so I thought, yes. yeah, I mean, since Survivor Series the year before last. So I thought it was really strong promo. Again, obviously, it's going to be Edge versus Reigns. But uh, just throwing that teaser out there, just at least it keeps you tuning into NXT. And hopefully they take a little time before Edge makes his actual, you know, official decision so he could go back and forth between the shows and they do that storyline because we still got over two months to go you don't need to rush right. that yeah i mean they push mania back so it's even later this you know in april so yeah i mean uh he somewhere in his word and he said depending on what happens on this takeover so i i agree with you he, you know, he's going to smackdown this friday don't let him make a decision for weeks let him circulate let you know get get all the rub uh, you can out of edge of having him show up in all three of your shows they're all right there and with in the same state so it's not like you're having them have to do on you know do crazy travel rain should do something dastardly like christian or something to finally make edge uh, pick him as opposed to just ranges the most intriguing match i think mm. just because that way it, it doesn't make it seem like he picked smackdown over you know the number right. one show over everyone else right uh so we do see gargano backstage at william, william regal's uh, office uh, kashida's in there ultimately gargano and kashida end up a uh, big brawl breaking out and they uh, have officials break that up um, the token Dom four ninety nine. I know a sore subject, but what's going on with Velveteen? Have they quietly released him? Very unfortunate. The guy was a star. Raj, have you heard? I mean, he's been oh. absent for a long time. Did they? TV. 
It's been a few weeks ago. I I, I mean th- that we months. saw him, right? Weeks or months? I thought it was weeks. No. Um, no. I, I agree with Raj. Weeks? Not months, plural. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, they he he was just there. He, he I mean he was treated like nothing. Then Adam Cole much. like smack him around and, and beat him. Was that like a month ago? Yeah, like, yeah. Right. Yeah. It feels like it. Maybe it could have been longer too. But I think it was December though. Either way. Yeah. Either yeah, way. he's definitely not being used. He's not being Either featured. way though, guys. Is he has, has he I been heard, released? You know what? I'll, know? A, I'll ask around. Put uh-huh. in for that. Yeah. I don't think he has, but then again, Lars usually they announce him, but Lars Sullivan they never announced. And, and Lars is still at least as of this afternoon, Lars is still listed as a current superstar on their website. So yeah. Um, all right, we get Jessica Maya from the Robert Stone brain up against Tony Storm. And uh, this one, uh, we get uh, Mercedes Martinez. She jumps in the ring uh, for a DQ finish here. She goes right after Storm, uh, and then Camilla attacks her. Martinez fights her off, referee calling for the bell. So Jessica Camilla actually going down in the record books with a win here via DQ. Um, so, uh, again, good to see Mercedes, Mercedes Martinez back to being Mercedes Martinez and not in the god-awful retribution. Right. Which was a lifesaver. Definitely. Definitely. Um, It was. This was good. I had no problem with any of this. This was fine. Yeah, I agree. All right, video segment. Video segment on Kurt Stallion, uh, the guy from a small town, town in Texas. Going to do proud tonight. He's got an NXT Cruiserweight title shot. We also find out that Cameron Grimes is going to be returning to NXT next week. So then we get a Cruiserweight title match. Kurt Stallion versus Santos Escobar. Uh, Stallion. Very underdog, trying to come from under. You know, they gave they gave some definite hope spots of, you know, are we going to see another Leon Ruff situation here? Uh, and all the while, as this is going on, we have Scarlett, uh, Scarlett Bordeaux. At one point, at, at some point in the match, she appears on the one platform that is on the opposite of the entrance way in the uh, Capitol Wrestling Center, and constant you know speculation of what's going on here. You know, we have heard Escobar talk a little trash, make some reference to Karrion Cross, so. That's uh, presumably, as the commentators are saying, what this might be about. Uh, finally, though, Escobar does get the victory. Um, hits him with a modified gut buster and gets the pin. And after the fact, he gets in the ring uh, with his other two, with Wild and uh, Mendoza. They kind of taunt for and taunt and celebrate. And then here comes Cross. No music, no nothing. Just power walking his way out the entranceway. Mendoza and Joaquin Wild immediately go to uh, be the uh, the lackeys, and they get just destroyed by Cross. Cross gets in the ring, and I like this. I like this. Or I, NXT does more of this. He doesn't have to grab a microphone. We have to do all this big reset. He just walks up in Mendoza's face, and they have <clears throat> the cameras pick it or in uh, Escobar's face. The cameras pick it up. He says, "It seems like you and I have a problem." And eventually, you know, you're t- you know, he says, "Time is going to is going to disappear for you." Uh, you know, the TikTok thing. So, very good stuff here. Good match, and then a good follow-up with Karrion Cross, who looks like the babyface at the moment in this situation. I, I mean, I, I liked I it. I, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Matt. It's, it's okay. Go. Uh, I felt like Santos Escobar really held his own standing uh, standing next to Karrion Cross. Like it, it didn't. It, they both felt like stars in this segment at the end, and. Um, yeah, I, I really liked it. I thought the the match was good. I thought uh, the stuff with Escobar and Cross was intriguing. So I'm curious to see where they go with it. But I, I really liked it. Yeah, Karen looked like a badass. This is how you need to book him. 
I'm never a fan of him coming out without his entrance, just for what it's worth. But tonight it made sense. It showed he was in a different gear. I always talk to you guys about gears. Um, this was him in high gear, being pissed, um, even though he didn't oversell it. He wasn't ranting and raving, screaming and yelling. He, he, he did it in the right voice, the right tone, the right pitch. Um, so it didn't warrant the, the music in the entrance. And to Raj's point, uh, commentary did a really good job selling Escobar not being rattled. They said, look at him. He's not even taking steps backwards. He, he's, he's still got a certain cockiness to him. So they, you know, he did not, I thought for a minute he was going to do the, going to do the chicken shit thing and, you know, quickly bow out to the back of the ropes. And he did not, he stood face to face with cross and cross was the one who eventually departed first. So interesting that I say, he kind of looks like the baby face in this situation. He's got somebody talking crap on him. So he's coming to confront him like what's up. But then uh, after we come back from the next commercial break, we see edge leaving the building and as Edge is leaving, he's got somebody outside in the parking lot who grabs his attention and comes in the screen, and here's, here's Karrion Cross. And Karrion Cross walks up to Edge and says he has a big decision to make soon, a decision he has to live with. Cross tells Edge to make that decision logically and not emotionally because the next NXT champion is not going to really be done or Finn Balor. It might be for a minute, but ultimately, Cross is going to get the title back that he never lost. And that might be a, and he issues a warning for the ultimate opportunist to which Edge says Edge says those words sound like they might be a threat and that could be motivating for me to come back and uh, I don't think you're going to like that to cross and then Edge walks off and guys I got to tell you real quick seeing these two have this exchange which felt real it didn't feel like a bunch of writers had to write it down for him it felt real and the two of them looked like stars I was like you know what Matt and Raj are probably right it's probably going to be Edge and Reigns or something like that but boy oh boy if you wanted to get an attention of New Blood. Give me a returning veteran edge against the new blood of Karrion Cross for the for NXT title at, at Mania, and that's a huge attention grabber. Probably not going to happen, but I thought this segment was awesome. I agree with you 100. percent Raj just sucked the ent- he, he 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 just snorted and mainlined the entire segment, the the point of view, and the opinion piece on it. So if you want to talk about what the referee looked like during this, please be my guest. <laughs> The, the moon hit them just right in this. You're a ball hog. You're a ball hog, but continue. No, Matt, you had froze it up, so I was waiting for you. <laughs> um, Not you, Glenn, uh, uh, Justin. Okay. Yeah, uh, but if you, if you freeze, I feel like I got to fill. <laughs> but, but go ahead, Matt. Can you guys not hear me? You're cutting in and out just a little bit, right? I can hear you fine right now. I, I'm, I'm coming back. Okay. Uh, I thought, uh, yeah, I agree with you 100%. Cross not only held his own, but it made me excited for that match. It didn't seem like one guy's a superstar, the other guy's way out of his league. It felt like, uh, you know, this could really make Cross if they wanted to to go that route. Uh, I don't know what else you'd do, but, um, you know, Orton and Cross have been teasing stuff on Twitter, too. But this just, yeah, I mean, I think they're just messing around, but... um, this just felt bigger than that. When I think of Orton and Cross, and I think of Edge and Edge, Edge, Edge and Cross, I just this just felt big seeing them uh, in that backstage segment. So I'm it did. So guys, this ain't gonna happen. This is not a match that's gonna happen, yeah. obviously. But this is exactly because you don't see it ever happen enough because there isn't enough talents that can pull off what Edge is pulled off on this show tonight, and it's called giving somebody the rub. You have not seen it happen because they've not had they've not built their own stars high enough yet. To where you're watching it happen, going, huh, 
that talent just became a bigger deal tonight because of that other talent. Um, Edge was phenomenal here tonight. And the fact that he made some of you even think or debate with yourselves that he's going to be choosing the NXT title and you could see this matchup versus Cross does two things. One, it shows you how amazing Edge is. Two, it's what I said from day one about Karrion Cross. He passes the Kevin Nash Airport main eventer test. He held his own in that. He was very good in that. And, um, again, it goes back to what I've always told you. You have to look the part. That's part of this. It used to be part of the business when I was in the business, um, and it started to go away. So I'm happy to see uh, someone like him that can cut good promos when he gets the opportunity to do so. I bought this. I liked it. There was nothing wrong with this. And he had that poise, too, where he didn't seem intimidated at all uh, being in a segment with Edge or or feel like he didn't belong. Like, you see that a lot with a lot of Yes, you young do. guys. So you do. He was yeah. he was good. You know, and Karrion Cross, we have not seen his entrance in NXT in front of fans, right? Yeah, we haven't seen uh, it. So you know, I th- you know, I think about God. I hope he. You know, never mind the takeovers. Wow. I hope right. he one day. I hope he gets to a Mania stage and he can make that entrance on this the Mania. <laughs> that would be pretty Dude, cool. What would that look like? Because just his normal entrance, I think, is freaking badass. Yeah. Uh, the token Dom four ninety nine Edge and Christian versus Cross and an unknown partner. Who do you put with Cross? Summertime takeover. Well, I don't think they're going to go that route, but um, Cross doesn't strike me as a guy who should have a partner. Right. Yeah, I think he's better. Better on. Uh, he's a loner. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one more super chat before we finish it off here. Uh, four ninety nine from Steve Marcachilli. Could Cross get over as a babyface on the main roster? Would Brock see money in him? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean, the, 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 we don't know. We don't know because I said the same thing about Keith Lee. I just sent Raj and Glenn a, a video again of Brock's reaction to Keith Lee coming out to Rumble last year and how big he put that kid over. He put him over huge. And, like, there was nothing that could have gone wrong. Nothing. Except <laughs> it did. WWE got in its own way again and screwed over Keith Lee big time. From the main event town he is. Um. After that night, he should have been. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think Cross is a little more Vince's type, with just because he's he's pretty ripped, and Vince usually likes that. But he does. Uh, yeah, but we've seen time and time again people get screwed over uh, coming to the main roster. But you do see your Drew McIntyres and and guys with the physiques tend to have a better shot. Can imagine Vince's response when he they, sees Scarlett for the first time. <laughs> they did screw over Drew at one point, though he was in three MB. Right. Well, but before then, he wasn't quite as imposing. Like if you look back at Drew in those his days, his body he was kinda... wasn't as shredded. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. So main event for NXT, we have uh, another Dusty Rhodes men's quarterfinals match, Undisputed Era. Uh, this is Adam Cole and Roderick Strong up against Champa and Thatcher. Of course, this is a pairing that's kind of come out of respect after the brawl brawls they've had uh, as of late again hard hitting what you expect uh, good you know again we're, we're littered in tag team but it's a good main event match overall uh but the finish comes to be that we see uh, Roderick strong drop thatcher on the top of the uh outside barrier neck first strong gets back in the ring Chompa's waiting for him at the ropes with willow's bell Chompa nails it covers for the pin and Chompa and thatcher are going to go on in advance and they will uh they're going to take on the grizzled young veterans next week and uh, that will awesome. determine who that will determine who goes to the finals. So, Champa, that, that, go ahead. Sorry, yeah. Champa wins. Can we just say that? Champa, Champa and his team wins. Champa okay. and Thatcher win. Um, this, 
this match was freaking good. Um, I'm really looking forward to next week's match, though. Like, I, that's going to be a hell of a matchup. Um, I'm not a Thatcher fan. I've told you guys this a million times, but I am a huge Ciampa fan. Um, hey, you're and not the only one. See him work with them. Yeah, I was going to say, you're not the only one. Thatcher's, uh, like, when you look at the quarter hour ratings for NXT, uh, Thatcher is usually on the low end or, or the lowest. So um, he, he just doesn't, uh, he's not in that right storyline uh, where he's drawing interest. But, and, and again, wrestling wise, if you're just in the in ring, this was really, really good. Um, right. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It should be noted too. They went off the air. Grizzled Young Vets did come out <clears throat> to the stage, and then we went off the air with the old-fashioned uh, Donnie Brook brawl as Regal's trying to restore order. So trying to get a little, little juice for their match uh, next week. But that was yeah, NXT. I think that, that's going to be an insane tag team match, in my opinion. Um, what do you guys think? Who wins the award tonight? AEW NXT. Raj, you first. So for my tastes, it's AEW, um, AEW, just because it's more entertaining overall, easier to watch. To me, faster pace. It's, it, whereas NXT, it's just in ring, in ring. But for what NXT usually is, uh, I thought NXT was good for their regular shows. Whereas I thought AEW was average for their compared to their regular shows. So you have to pick one for tonight, though. AEW. <clears throat> okay, and I know what you're saying. I know exactly what you're getting at, uh, uh, Justin. Yeah, AEW will win in the viewership despite the fact that NXT had Edge to promote. No, your um, favorite show. Your favorite show tonight. Which did you prefer better? I probably preferred AEW because it kept me guessing more, but I also have more complaints mm-hmm. about AEW, if that makes sense. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, it does. It does. That's, I like, I, I, well. I, like, like, I was more like, okay, like, again, and it comes down to a tag team tournament. It's like, all right, like, we're not, you know, there was little little vignettes that I hyped on, you know, but the, you know, but AEW was like, I got to see this. There were things, though, that I was like, I got to yes. see this wedding. And then the wedding was over. I was like, well, God damn it. You know, it's like. <laughs> right. Yeah. But but I think, Raj, you, you hit the nail on the head of what, how you put it. For AEW standards, it was a subpar show for AEW. Um, although the finish, even though I'm not a Kenta Mark, that's a big deal, obviously. I know everyone's going to go crazy for it. So, therefore, that's a good thing, right? right. Um, NXT did better than it normally does. But that's the disparity between the two. The disparity between the two shows, though. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, one of the new, news item we never touched on: uh, Rey Mysterio has confirmed to uh, Sports Illustrated that he has re-signed a new WWE deal. We don't know for how long, but uh, at forty-six, he's not hanging it up just yet. And of course, his son Dominic, uh, very much uh, you know, moving his way up. So you got to think Ray's going to hang around for as long as he can to help that project go along. This actually, so this actually, he's just revealing it now. He's just openly speaking about it. But this actually happened a few months ago, I think. And it, I think it was a, a multi-year deal. Um, so, yeah. Raise, uh, raise in. That, man, that WWE money during a time of a pandemic. Like, you just got to wonder, again, with Cesaro, it's not a, it's never a given that he's going to leave. No, no. I, I used to think that he was going to AEW. But the more I've thought about this, I, I think he stays. Yeah. All right, so that's all we got here for this Wednesday night, uh, February 3rd of <coughs> AEW for NXT and the other wrestling notes. Uh, Matt Morgan, any final thoughts or plugs or whatever? Nope, never any plugs. Raj? Uh, keep checking out WrestlingInc.com. We got the Bushwhackers, WWE Hall of Famers, uh, and uh, a bunch of other cool interviews, so keep checking us out. Connor and Victor, it's just been Tag Team Mania, Shaw Guerrero, so a bunch of cool stuff uh, that we've, we've had over the past few days, so keep checking us out. 
That's right. Uh, today on the Wrestling Inc. Daily, uh, uh, you know, Nick and I co-hosting, and Nick had the Bushwhackers. Tomorrow, we got more Wrestling Inc. Daily. Nick and I talking the headlines. Plus, we'll have full audio of Vince McMahon in the uh, quarter four. They can tout about all the money they've made in 2020. WWE is announcing their earnings for 20 for 2020 tomorrow, and it's going to be. I'm telling you, it's it's going to be a. Everyone knows it's going to be a record-breaking year for them last year. So we'll have that full audio tomorrow. That episode is going to drop later than normally does. Normally, those episodes come out on the Wrestling Daily around you know two Eastern time. Probably not going to be until at least after five because of when the earnings call is going to air. So we'll have all that tomorrow, and of course, all the other news stories on Wrestling Inc. Hit the follow button, hit the like, hit the share. All the good stuff. Of course, Super Chat's always appreciated. This podcast will be back Friday night after SmackDown with some assortment of this group. Thanks, everybody. Be safe. Be, uh, be safe. Have fun. We'll see you next Wednesday.